Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for Crack the Customer Code, your audio guidebook for creating incredible customer journeys. So, Jeannie, a term we use a lot in business and customer experience and economics even is confidence. Mm-hmm. Right? We, talk, yeah. we talk about consumer confidence. And we talk about it in the context of customer experience. But where does that confidence come from? In the end, it comes from trust. Yes. Right? That's, it's, it's another word, a different way of looking at whether or not we trust a person, a brand, an institution. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I think sometimes it's easy to forget how fundamental trust is to any uh, relationship, number one, but economic relationship as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's something that when we talk about the whole customer journey as well and customer experience in general, we sometimes don't talk about it as much as we should because we need trust in order to move forward in anything we do. Like we have to trust that when we take that next step, (laughs) that the ground's going to be there, right? And when you're dealing with different brands as a customer, you have to trust things like, well, is my payment secure? Is this happening? Are they going to send me the thing that I just ordered? Um, So all of that is about trust, which is why it's such an interesting topic to unpack. And I don't think there's an expert out there who's any better at this, who has more knowledge about this than our guest today. No, absolutely. So uh, we have David Horsager. Hopefully I said that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have to trust him to say his own name. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm, I've seen David speak before and i um, super impressed with his ideas and his research. So yeah. everything he talks about is very research-based. It's not just opinion. He, ha- he has the receipts, as they say. <laughs> He's brought the receipts with him. Um, and, you know, when we talk about the current times we live in, it's one of those things where you know, companies really got to show whether they could be trusted or not, mm-hmm. whether they would be there for their customers or not. And customers noticed. Yeah, they sure did. You they know? sure did. And so, you know, I, I, I think we're, we're both being in the business we're in of uh, speaking uh, sort of a little tired of the phrase now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is there is a fundamental truth to it in this moment that I, I don't think trust is trust in our institutions and in, uh, in the companies and brands that we do business with. Uh, has really truly never been more important and probably more crucial for those companies and brands. So I think, and David, and our conversation with David really hits on a lot of that. Yep, yep. So let's get into it. Let's introduce David to our listeners here. So David Horsiger is, M- he, <laughs> let's get all these initials here, M-A-C-S-P-C-P-A-E. That means that he's an incredible speaker and well-researched, well uh 
educated, is the CEO of Trust Edge Leadership Institute, trust expert in residence at High Point University, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of The Trust Edge. David has advised leaders and delivered life-changing presentations on six continents, with audiences ranging everywhere from FedEx, Toyota, MIT, and global governments to the New York Yankees and the Department of Homeland Security. His new book is The Trusted Leader. David, we are thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for being on our show with us. Thank you, Jeannie. Thanks, Adam. Uh, great to have you here, David. And I love your topic. I've heard you speak about it before, so I'm anxious to jump right in. And I'm curious how you got started in uh, you know, focusing on trust and doing all this work in the area of trust. You know, it was about 20 years ago. Lisa and I had started our first company. I'd built some leadership curriculum in the work I'd done before that. I'd gotten asked to speak at the U.S. Coast Guard Academy and other things, and I was getting asked to do some of these things, and I still remember where I was, and it's not some big spiritual thing, but it was a little bit of an epiphany where I I remember it was probably the most expensive place I'd stayed at till that time. It was the uh, Lowe's Resort in Tucson, Arizona or something, but we're out on the deck, no kids yet, so Lisa was traveling with me still, and uh, not that she doesn't now. In fact, we bring the kids with some, but basically she said, uh, we were looking, and I I was like, just thinking on the deck, the problem that business thinks they're having is not the real problem. That's a trust problem. And then I started thinking, that, that, that leadership problem, it's not really a leadership problem. The reason they don't follow leaders is trust. And then I started thinking about this other one. It's not a sales issue. Actually, the reason people don't buy is, is aren't buying is sales, So is, is trust, excuse me. So I started seeing it as the core issue, and, and that led to you know, me thinking about it more. And then it led to me, my grad work, which became, you know, interesting to people much more important than me. And that led to a, you know, a, a, this kind of miracle deal on a, a on a, a best-selling book, Trust Edge, you know, uh, over a decade ago, it, it did so well, self-published, the biggest publisher in the world picked it up on this kind of crazy, crazy buyout and whatever. And then, um, and then we, you know, the first time we used it in a company, by the way, that, that led to another, you know, thing is, uh, that company, only 600 people, and they said, um, in nine months, this work helped us drop attrition by two to four million dollars. And then wow. I had a company right after that, say a big Fortune 50 company, say in one year, a billion dollar part of that company said, this helped us gain 11% market share. And then we had a person say, it helped them triple their sales in 90 days. And so we had these these things like, this is evidential, like this is working. And now, you know, we've had people say everything from it tripled their sales to it, uh, you know, save their marriage. And I'm as passionate <laughs> about either one. So um, we use it on corruption issues in East Africa. We use it in, um, you know, We've used it with pro sports teams and, and uh, you know, we're on six continents and now I have certified uh, partners on six continents uh, using the work. And uh, it, it's been very exciting and I'm, I'm more passionate about it than ever because now we put out one of the biggest studies on trust and leadership every year, the Trust Outlook. And of course, we continue to research right on and apply the work. And I believe it's the core issue. That's that's what ultimately happened. It's, it's the real root issue uh, of everything. Most people are solving the wrong issue. That's fascinating. And I love that you talked about those results because, you know, in the work that Adam and I are passionate about with customer experience and customer service, like there is so much around trust. There is so much where you look at it and you think, well, that's that's the missing piece. Right. Um, And so when you when you talk to these leaders and you come in there and you say and they say, we've got a leadership problem or we've got a sales problem. How do you really break it down for them and let them know that? trust is what really matters here and and this is why how do you do that well i try to show them quickly 
first, a couple things. One, how a lack of trust is the biggest expense they have. Mm. How everything of value is built on trust from the greatest financial institutions to every good relationship they have. So if you think trust doesn't affect the time or the bottom line, I can even show an infographic from my original research that shows the key driver to innovation, sales, retention, productivity, loyalty. That, I mean, that was, that was a wake-up finding for me, by the way. Mm -hmm. When I started grad work, I was just kind of actually at first thinking, is it trust or, is, or what's really unique about the greatest leaders and organizations of all time? And it kept coming back trust, so it kept affirming that, but, but it really was that, that original research. And so, um, I, so first of all, I've noticed that they, some of them need a bit of the research or they need to see how it affects the bottom line. So as an example, you know, way back, I don't have to prove it as much anymore, but they thought, oh, trust is a soft skill. What do, you know, is this going to be back rubs and trust falls or and what's this going to be? <laughs> and so... That was where proving it out was very interesting to our deeper work. And that, you know, I can show you the research, but I can simply just today with even metaphors or analogies mm -hmm. or stories show the impact. Like a, a couple examples very quickly would be, think of a lock. A lock is a great example of a lack of trust. And it almost sums up, you know, the first half of my original research. If a lock stands for a lack of trust, because the only reason I'd put a lock on anything is because I don't trust you. What's the cost? Well, it's clear. The cost is I've got to buy the lock. That's money. And the other cost is time. Now I've got to open it every time I go through the gate. Mm -hmm. And that shows, or, or think of it, text someone you trust. How long does that take? Boop, it's done. Mm -hmm. Now write a text to someone you don't trust. How long does that take? Right? <laughs> oh, are they going to take this? I, so I, I, I can now more quickly, they can see how that affects attrition, retention, sales, market share, and so forth. And we use trust to solve the biggest, really the biggest problems in the world. And I'm passionate about it, not because I'm perfect at it. I'm not perfect at anything I teach. I just know it's true from the research and from the results. So that's the, the, the first thing is they have to see how it will affect change for them solving their biggest issue, whether that's, you know, customer retention, sales, or you, you can think mm -hmm. about it simply again, you know, I'll, I'll pay more for the trusted band. I'll, you know, buy from the trusted salesperson. I'll, I'll, I'll follow a trusted leader. I'll share, you know, refer product. This is why here's another just quick issue here is people think they're, they're solving the wrong issue. They say, we got an engagement issue. Well, we, we created this enterprise trust index built on 30 years of Accenture data and all this because people kept saying engagement. And what we found from the research is you don't increase engagement with engagement. The only way to increase trust increased engagement is trust. Or you say, we got a net promoter score issue or a, net, uh, a referral issue. Those, that, that's reasonable white paper and research. The problem is the research shows you don't get more referrals with referrals necessarily. The only way to get more referrals is increased trust. So, well, first of all, I love the text message um, analogy because uh, my wife and I refer to that as a four, it's a four paragraph, two hour email. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or you're measuring every word and yep. thinking about what the person's lawyer is going to think about it. Well, that, that, that's a cost. Every, everything right. there, you know, the, the lack of trust brings in lawyers. The, the, mm -hmm. the lack of trust brings in uh, duplicity duplicitous work. It, yes. I've got to check up on you. I don't trust you. So now, and it's just costing. It costs, by the way, it costs stress. It costs, it doesn't just cost time and money. Those are big indicators, mm -hmm. but it costs a host of other things. Mm -hmm. well, so the question I would have, it sounds like one of the sort of fundamental 
things underlying this has to be a risk reward analysis because obviously uh, you know the bank is going to lock the door the bank is going to have a safe etc um, so how do you approach that when you're talking to leaders about you know about yep. establishing trust and sort of the limitations of uh, where trust ends well and, and you're you're right also in that just to that end a lock actually can increase trust because look at I put the lock on there now I trust that someone's not going to break in on me right so but it's a cost if I wouldn't right. have to do that. <laughs> so so the bottom line I'm talking about to them, you, you have a great point, but here's where I stand. My work, almost all of it, there's a, there's a portion that's on how much to uh, extend trust to others, okay? But the bulk of my work is how to become the most trusted because that's when you will gain the greatest benefits. How do we create a high trust culture? How do we create a high trust team and of course, the book that just came out, it's in airports these days, is Trusted Leader. How do I become a high trust leader? Because that is when um, I gain the greatest benefit of all time, something we've come to call the trust edge. This is the greatest competitive advantage, the greatest financial advantage, the greatest influence advantage. So I'm trying to bring it back to them. So well, there's a little bit of my work that deals kind of what you're talking about. How much, in essence, how much should I extend trust to others? How much should we should we pay to check on that or whatever? Most of my work is all about how do I become most trusted because our efficiency goes up enormously when we can increase trust here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, right. I mean, uh, yeah. So right, you're you're yeah you're you're on the you're focused on the side where it is. Here's how we become trusted. Yeah. So my my point is this, by the way. This is a little bit jumping off the rails, but it's relevant. And that's last year's study found in America, and it's a global study. But in America, about half of Americans. Um, are more apt to lead with trust. In other words, they um, they trust you until you break it. About half of Americans in the study were found to lead with, in essence, the opposite of trust, skepticism, until you build trust over time. Right. So mm-hmm. that you have to you have to build it with them. They're skeptical, 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 and finally they come around to trust you. My point to leaders is it doesn't matter. You have to do the same thing in either group. You have to build it every day. So you don't have, you don't, doesn't matter the data for you. You have to build it. You can build it. And by the way, before we put the people down, for me, I lead with trust because in my, my childhood it was fairly safe and all these kind of things. Those that lead with skepticism, often it's not their fault. They had something tragic happen to them in the first 20 years of life. Often some sort of terrible abuse or something could have happened. So don't blame them. Just do just build trust, right? So make and, them feel better. <laughs> yes. Well, and and the, the point of it is, and we, we don't get into all of it today, but the you know this eight pillar framework. The, the first half showed how a lack of trust is our biggest expense, or how in essence how trust is always the leading indicator. So mm-hmm. everything else lags, right? So you you, you say I want, it's a leadership issue. Like I said, it never is. The reason you follow a leader not is trust. It's a sales issue. No, it's not. The only reason I buy or not is trust. It's a customer service issue. It's a it's a it's an innovation issue. There's only one way to increase innovation in a team that is increase trust, so they will not be scared to share ideas. Oh, what about learning in my kid's classroom? There's only one way to increase learning. You have to increase trust in the teacher, the content, or the psychological safety or trust of the room. What about the big diversity issues of our day? Biggest Harvard study shows diversity on its own tends to pit people against each other unless we increase trust. Then we get immense uh, positive benefits of diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging. So you have to deal with that trust. You see that as the issue, and then you solve it. And of course, that's the whole second half of the research, which shows this this 
uh, these eight traits that spit out of the research of how we build trust. And those eight help us actually define the real issue. So we stop calling it a leadership engagement or even a communication issue. <laughs> you might know, I, I say at the core, it's never a communication issue. Mm, that's really interesting. So if if you, there are leaders out there listening to this right now and they're thinking, oh man, I've got to build a team and uh, the labor situation right now, like people are coming and going and searching. How can you continually build that trust as a leader with your team, even if you have people kind of leaving and, and entering the situation at different times? What would you recommend to them? Well, so I think what I better do, I wasn't going to do it because I know we have a short form podcast, but <laughs> you, you, basically you solve everything against these eight. And so very quickly, and by the way, I can talk about these eight for a full day, but yeah, you have sure. to know them to solve the right thing, each well, of them, you know? You have a few minutes. <laughs> so I'm going to go so fast, but you'll at least have the framework to have a common language. You're going to write mm -hmm. these, put them at your desk or whatever. So as an example, okay, clarity. Number one, it, by the way, they're C words, but not because it's some motivational list. It's it, They all represent a research funnel. And it's, and they're a good solid word for that funnel, mm -hmm. uh, and, and they're memorable. Number one is clarity. We trust the clear, and we mistrust or distrust the ambiguous. Number two, compassion. We trust those that care beyond themselves. Even if they don't care about me, if they care about a mission or something beyond themselves, they have a chance. Number three is character. We trust those that do what's right over what's easy. I used to think character was everything before I did the research. It's not. I might trust Jeannie to take my kids to the ball game because of her character, but not give me a root canal because of <laughs> competency, right? So that's number four is competency. You got to stay fresh and relevant and capable. If you're leading the way you were 10 years ago, I don't trust you. If you're selling the way you were five years ago, I don't trust you. So the next pillar was connection. And that gets to a little bit of the question you ask. We trust those that are willing to connect and collaborate with others. If I see siloing or unwillingness to share resources across the organization, we've got counter forces to that connection pillar. We've got the commitment pillar. We trust those that stay committed in the face of adversity. You think of Anybody in history, Mandela, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Jesus, or Joan of Arc, they were trusted partly because they were committed to something beyond themselves, even to death. If I don't think you'll stick with it, I'm not going to trust you to lead the project. Next pillar is contribution, and really think about the word results. We trust those that contribute results. You have to get results. You can't just be someone who, you know, I go in for amputation and the surgeon cuts off the wrong leg. They might be compassionate, but they cut off the wrong leg. That's a problem, <laughs> right? We got to get results. And the final pillar is consistency. We trust sameness. So if you're late all the time, I will trust you to be late. So for good or bad, consistency wins. A reputation a, uh, is built on consistency. A brand is built on consistency. So then I know I did that without almost a breath. I wasn't going to share all eight today, <laughs> but here's what I would do with anything. And I, it, it, I know it's so long ago, I almost forgot the question, but I would take these eight and I would run it. Like, like I said, it's never a communication issue at the core. It's the type. So instead of saying something ambiguous, I'd say, oh, is that a clarity? Clear communication is trusted. Unclear communication is not. Communication mm -hmm. is happening. Compassionate is. Hateful isn't. You know, high character is, low character, consistent is, inconsistent isn't. And so I'd run it or I, I got a marketing issue, let's say. Well, I'd run it through the list. And of course, we have metric, we have six ways we measure trust, you know, more academically. And so we can solve the issue and see it clearly. But in your mind, you could even look at that marketing message that you said you're going to share with your team or just message, in your guys' case, customer service message, like uh, uh, something you want to share that's going to stick. And you say, okay, is it clear? 
Uh, yep. Okay. Is it compat? Is it showing care for the people we we care about? Compassion. Okay. Is it does that have our kind of character? Yes. Okay. Does it show commitment to them? Okay. Does it show contribution? The results we want to have. Does it connect with our audience? Is it consistent and on brand? I can whip through the list one out of ten almost, and simply and I'll know if I have a high trust or low trust message. And you can mm -hmm. use it, you know, with a lot of things. Awesome. I love that. So one quick follow up on that: when you're thinking through the eight uh, pillars. Uh, and you're th thinking about messaging, do you choose sometimes, when you're talking about like proactive messaging, do you choose sometimes to just focus on one or two pillars? Obviously, it's hard to uh, have eight messages. So how, how do you approach that? It is a problem. I, in fact, people that hear me speak, you know, I'm sure are like, especially, you know, you, we're part of NSA and it's like, oh, you're not supposed to have eight points. Aren't you supposed <laughs> to have, you know, three points at home or something, right? And my problem with that, in essence, is it came out of the research so I feel like I talk about trust. So I'm just going to share three and say, you got to buy another book for that or you got to have <laughs> me back. So nowadays, actually, even in a talk, I will um, quickly, not like quite as quickly as I talked here, but share all eight so they have the framework. And then we'll go deeper on two or three. If I'm doing an executive day, we do all eight. If I do a two day, you know what I mean? So in most, if I was going to take three places to look at quickly, I would take clarity, because almost everybody has a clarity issue. I'm telling you, <laughs> marketing and strategy firms think they're clear when they're not at the level I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Number two, I would take commitment. It, it has some overlap with character and there's some really value and that's where we find the idea of how you rebuild trust, which if we have time, we can come back to. Number three is consistency. And you know, consistency, if I only had one, I would take clarity because think about this, clarity of, um, clarity of priorities, helps us have alignment. Clarity of expectations helps us have um, uh, uh, consistency on, on the team. Clarity of values helps us increase our character in an organization. So you can affect all the other pillars with clarity uh, quite quickly. So I, I would actually start there. If you have a character issue at the core, you got it's going to take more time. You have a clarity issue, you can do something and change it, change things in two weeks, you know. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. Uh, boy, awesome. there's a whole, whole lot more there. I think I went off the rails. I hope I gave no, people something. No, it, it was like the best lightning round of just wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> we were just exactly. like bum rushed with knowledge. Uh, this has been this has been great, David. And I think there's like every single thing you just said can totally be applied to customer experience. And it's a relationship, right? And that's what we're trying to do is build that relationship. So one of the things that we're asking all of our guests this season is to, you Jenny, know, look at one of the things we're doing consistently this season. Thank you. <laughs> consistently. You I'm starting Thank to you. you. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's very clear. Uh, yep. There you go. <laughs> you know, we want you to look into the crystal ball a little bit. And when you think about the future of customer experience, what is one thing you are most excited about? Well, I, okay. Overall, people have heard it. Let me say it, and I believe trust matters more than ever. Where relationships and service are, are uh, it, it's the imperative, right? Mm -hmm. But I will say something fresh right now, just from talking to a very good friend of mine that's in my mastermind group, um, is if, if you've, heard, you've heard of Jay Bayer and talk triggers and some of what he's been working on in his research. Sure. And this is what I would say as far as kind of combining, uh, looking toward the future of 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 customer service and what's something that I'm excited about or that I think people need to think about. And that is people must have a word of mouth strategy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think it really tied in. We talked just this morning, so I'm just being fresh off my own thoughts. And that is, we talked about how that overlaps with trust and how 
so many things are tanking as far as trust is concerned. As an example, online reviews, the belief in online reviews is tanking rapidly because they can be so manipulated. All these things are tanking. People are putting all this into social media and all these into the, and uh, um, excuse me, word of mouth is winning by such a high percentage. And yet everybody that's dealing with customer service has a, a strategy for other important things, might diversity, they might have a strategy for, you know, social media, they might have a strategy, they don't have an, a, a word of mouth strategy. And that is where trust is built the fastest, it's the stickiest, and it's it's got the most impact by far. So mm -hmm. there's well a quick thought. Said. Awesome. Well said. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. And if our guests or if our listeners want to learn more about you and this incredible work you do around trust, what's the best way for them to do that? TrustEdge.com is the easiest. If you can spell my name, DavidHorsager.com works. <laughs> uh, but TrustEdge, T-R-U-S-T-E-D-G-E.com. The new book, Trusted Leader. Uh, you got to find the red one. There's some similar named books. So Trusted Leader by David Horsager is another uh, possibility. But Trust Edge, you can go everywhere. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. We really enjoyed this. Thank you both. Thanks, David. You bet. Well, I think we, we summarized the fact that trust affects pretty much everything around a business. It, it impacts leaders. It impacts sales. It impacts retention. It impacts the employee experience. <laughs> Every single part of business is affected by the level of trust that we can achieve. And I love how he broke down things into that framework. And by the way, at lightning speed. So well done, David. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was a heck of a lightning round. And um, you know, just to, I'll highlight one of the things he highlighted as well which is mm -hmm. clarity. You know, it's very interesting when we talk about communication and customer experience, just, you know, work with companies, I'm sure you've seen it too, Jeannie, you, you see this, these communications and it's just business speak. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, just, I, yep. I won't even try to try to recreate it. Right. Um, but it's not clear. Right, no. it's it's, pur it's purposely obfuscated. It's uh, purposely vague for uh, legal reasons or concerns mm -hmm. about legal reasons, and you know it definitely that type of communication. When we talk about our touch points in the customer experience, absolutely undermine trust. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I think sure. yeah, ju just just digging into that one of his eight of clarity. There's mm -hmm. so much we could unpack from the customer experience side of things. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think this, you know, if you can bring this level of commitment, which is another one of the C's, um, a level of commitment to really investing in making sure that you're building that trust every day, like he talked about, you bring that with that lens of your customer and making sure you're really thinking about it from that perspective. I mean, that's powerful. That's really about making change that will matter, not just to your organization, but to the people that you're serving. And that's what this is all about. That's why all of us are doing what we're doing. And so I think using this framework along with that kind of customer experience lens, the I just get really excited about the potential there because that's really serving at a higher level than uh, you know, just thinking through some of the deliverables and tactics. It's thinking about how are we actually building trust every day? And that's what this is really all about. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it just it leads me to a question I want to ask you, Jeannie. Yes. Who is it we're consistently committed to? I would say you and I are consistently committed to our listeners. Oh, you got it right. Congratulations. <laughs>
<laughs> you, have, you have competency. I now trust you. <laughs> well, we hope that we have continued <laughs> to earn your trust here. We show up consistently. We try to communicate with clarity. And we are definitely committed to you. So we thank you so much for being here and listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out c-suiteradio.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can find me at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam DePork, and you can find me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.